What is the construction life? It is a 5 a.m. wake up, workout, shower, prepare lunch, send off the family, hop into the work truck, call the crews and suppliers, arrive on site, organize, prep, build, have fun, wrap up, end the day on a high note, head home, spend time with the family, prep for the next day, turn in, sleep, wake up, and do it all over again because you love what you do every single day of the construction life. Good enough will never be good enough for us. Check out the most listened to construction podcast online, and you can find it on 11 different podcast channels, and it's listened to in over 60 countries around the world. Listen to conversations from real tradespeople, suppliers, sales reps, and clients sharing real stories about real job sites and real on-site experiences. If you are young and getting started in the industry or been in the business for decades, there's always something new to learn, and the guests and hosts of this popular construction podcast will never sugarcoat anything, especially the hard truth about construction. So what is the name of it? It's called The Construction Life. So check out The Construction Life on your podcast app today. How would you like to get 47 ebooks for $1? Yes, 47 for a dollar. The only place to get that is millionairewealthclub.com. These books include passive income advice with Airbnbs, vending machines, credit repair, Amazon profits, YouTube celebrities, generational wealth, and much more. They're striving to push the youth to be entrepreneurs versus employees in 2022. Add this bundle to your cart and use coupon code MILLIONAIRE at checkout. If there are any issues, you can just contact them and they'll get your bundle over immediately. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com and get 47 ebooks for a dollar. I can't believe I'm saying that. 47 ebooks for a dollar. It's really a no-brainer. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. This is my idol. You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome everybody to the WWE Podcast Mailbag for this Wednesday, January 5th, 2021. Lots and lots of emails to get to. You guys had a lot built up over the break or at least a break for most people. If you are a part of this show on the team, there really was no break uh, during, of course, the uh, the holidays. But now we're back. It seems like everything is back um, and in full force. And especially if you're a wrestling fan right now, it is a great time to be a fan because AEW is firing on all cylinders. Uh, WWE is about to run right into WrestleMania season. If if not, we're already there right now. I mean, you can make that argument. And it's, it's about to get fun. It's about to get really fun. Brock Lesnar is your WWE champion. Roman Reigns is your universal champion. You, know, you start to see WrestleMania take shape. You start to wonder and make picks about the Royal Rumble and returns and all that kind of stuff. It's a fun time of year, and things are about to explode, especially on the WWE front with the Royal Rumble coming up in uh, about three weeks, three and a half weeks from now. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun on a Saturday night. January 29th. So get yourselves ready for that. But in the meantime, we're going to jump into the mailbag here and give that priority placement to our patrons. 
As always, that's one of the benefits of going on Patreon, not just only getting an ad-free experience, but you get a, a, um, a priority placement in the show, meaning up front. You don't have to dig through the show. So we've got quite a bit to get to, and uh, let's, let's just start out and do that right now. And our first message, boy, uh, you know, let's start the new year off right. Let's start with, uh, oh, I don't know. Let's pick it from a hat. How about Randy the patron? Um, here we go. So Randy writes in and says, Randy the patron here. First, I'm excited Alexa's coming back. I can't wait. But do you think she goes after Charlotte and eventually wins the, ch- uh, the title? And what character do you think she comes back as, regular or darker? Okay. First question, she you would imagine that she would come back and, and challenge Charlotte. The reason being that they also reminded us on Raw about why she left and her last uh, her last match and what had happened with Charlotte tearing up Lily. And so you would think that yes, she should go after Charlotte. That that to me is logical, especially considering they reminded us of that. If Alexa was going to go after somebody else, you wouldn't have imagined that they would have shown us and reminded us that Charlotte Flair, uh, in storyline anyway, instigated this break for Alexa. So that's the first question. The second question, I think she comes back as a different character, something hybrid. Not quite what she was, not quite the, the original Alexa Bliss that we all knew. Something in between... Or something completely different than that. The reason is that Lily represented her darkness. And that if Charlotte Flair destroyed it, what does that leave us with? You can't go back to, I would imagine, that same Alexa Bliss. So I think it's a hybrid of sorts. Second, Bobby versus Brock is going to be sick. I can't wait. Is this a quick run for Brock or a long one? Plus, have you seen Brock taking pictures with fans? Sure, suddenly uh, suddenly he loves people probably getting paid to do that. <laughs> yes, okay, your second question first. Yeah, Brock Lesnar is probably getting a big bonus for acting like a human being, right? Brock Lesnar is probably getting uh, that extra paycheck. For every second that he has to smile with a fan, Vince is uh, writing another zero on a check. That's probably the the gentleman's agreement that they have. Uh, I think it's also, again, humanizing Brock Lesnar, showing a different side of himself that he hasn't before, especially as a babyface. And this could very well be his final run in WWE. I don't I mean his contract I believe was for 18 months. We're 6 months into that or more. So he only has a year left and then he potentially may be gone. So why not explore this different version of Brock? And you know, I'm fine with it. It's weird, but it's fine. Uh second, yeah, I, I think that um Brock Lesnar is on a short run here. Short run and the reason is that you can't do double duty forever. Number one, Brock Lesnar is going to be just bleeding WWE, or WWE is going to be bleeding money to pay him to do double duty. So they they don't want to do it for too long. Uh, Brock is known for not liking to travel, and you also risk overexposing Brock Lesnar by having him on more than one show. It reduces this the the I guess the magic of him on screen when you see him on both shows now. Uh, so I think it's a short run. I believe he'll lose it at the Rumble. I believe I believe he'll lose it to Bobby Lashley at the Royal Rumble. And the reason is not clean, but he'll lose it because Roman Reigns screws him out of it. That's what I think happens. Roman Reigns will be responsible for for uh, Roman uh, for Brock Lesnar dropping the belt, then leading to a, I believe right now, a triple threat between Brock, Roman, and Drew at Mania. That's what I think is going to happen. So it's it's a quick run. 
And this wasn't supposed to happen anyway, because from what I've heard, Big E was supposed to win that fatal four-way until COVID interfered. So that's my thought. Uh, third, triple threat WrestleMania. Liv versus Bianca versus Becky. Liv pulls out the win, I, win, I think. What won't be Sasha, because I think her and Trish are going to fight. What you think? Yeah, I think her and Trish have a very good chance at that. That would also mean turning Sasha back to a heel, which doesn't mean much. I think she's still a heel as it is. Again, I don't understand. There was never really an official turn. There never is an official turn with Sasha. We're just supposed to side with her suddenly because she gets beat up. That's all there is with Sasha. Uh, so I never buy her baby face turns at all. They don't last long. And turning her heel is not going to be a problem here if Trish comes out. And I believe it. she will. And uh, that I, I agree with you on that. The triple threat, yeah, probably. And Liv could win it there too. And end up pinning probably Becky Lynch to protect Bianca. Even though Becky's champion, the protection should go to Bianca, who's the up-and-coming star, and they see a lot of money on in right now. So you're right. Uh, I, I would sign up for that as well. You, you kind of you know, hit the nail on the head. I can't, I can't really dispute your two predictions here. Last, do you think Champa is showing or, or is coming up now that, spoiler alert, he lost to Braun? Um, yeah, it's, it's very possible. You know, again, I'm not too keen on the NXT product, but I do know enough to know that a lot of times somebody dropping a belt is a, um, it's an indicator that things are about to shift for that individual coming up to the main roster. Not always. We've seen Kevin Owens debut in WWE when he was NXT champion coming in to face John Cena at Elimination Chamber a number of years ago. Yeah, we've seen it before. Just because they don't drop the belt doesn't mean they can't come up, but eventually they have to, to, to sever ties. So it could be a, it could be, you're right, a spoiler alert, um, or it could be a, an indicator that Champ is on his way up to WWE main roster. But if I was Champa, I would fight that tooth and nail. <laughs> I would want nothing to do with the main roster. To me, if I was in NXT, it is not a destination. It is an avoidance, right? Because of how they've mismanaged. They've mismanaged more call-ups than they haven't. And a lot of times, the call-ups are the ones who get cut when there's those inevitable budget cuts. So, um, do I think he's going to come up, though? Probably. Probably because I think he would be awesome on the main roster. But again, you know, the latest call up, Karrion Cross. Look what they did with him. <laughs> Unemployed is what he is. All right. Let's get to our next, our next uh, patron here. And this is from, let's see, Wiftat. And he says, Happy New Year. Or as we can say in, oh boy. I, <laughs> Are you trying to tongue-tie me? I'm going to say this, and it's going to come out hilariously bad. So here we go. This is exactly what was written. Uh, it says, Happy New Year, WWE Podcast, or as we say in Cumbria, Happy Ne Year Mara. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I am forever an American accent. I, I will never learn another language, ever. Uh, what is Damian Priest mad at? I think I've worked it out. Remember when he first went mad? When, uh, he said in the interview afterwards, it used to happen when he was younger, and it was triggered when someone cheats or disrespects him. It sounds like he managed to control his anger once he got to NXT and started hanging about with Matt Riddle and their good friends. But since he's become WWE or United States champion and Riddle now hangs out with Randy, 
It's not a coincidence. Randy is smiling now. The most we've seen him and Damien skits every time someone disrespects him. This would indicate there's something underlining childhood trauma. These memories can be suppressed with CBT or EMDR therapy, as well as getting baked. So there you go. Finally, an answer to Damien Priest and why he gets mad. He's stopped hanging out with Riddle and needs therapy for some serious underlining childhood trauma. If you or anybody else have questions just, uh, that you can't answer, let me know. Cheers, Mike. Thank you, Mike. I should have just said Mike. I won't buy your username, so thank you, Mike. Listen, um, <laughs> I appreciate the analysis. You could be right, and that would make sense. But here's the problem. I don't believe WWE is ever going to even gave two thoughts to it. Never even crossed their mind to have the desire to explain to the audience why he has this anger problem. You you could be right, and I think that that's a solid answer. But here's the problem. <laughs> Creative doesn't care. They don't care to tie up these loose ends. And they feel that we don't care or are not smart enough to realize it hasn't been answered. But here at the, on the WWE Podcast, as with all of the listeners, we're smart enough to notice. So thank you, Mike, for the analysis. Okay. Tommy Smith writes in. Another great patron over there on the on the uh, website, uh, patreon.com. And he says, there's a lot to discuss this week, but I'll try to keep this short and focus on just a couple of things. First of all, I want to say I really enjoyed day one. I'm not sure how I feel about Brock winning the title. I thought they were slowly turning Bobby into a face. But now that he's facing Brock at the Rumble, do you think they will stop that progression? Last night after he won, it sure seemed like the fans were cheering him. So maybe he's already made that transition. I noticed that too about the reaction for Bobby. It was pretty damn positive. It was pretty damn positive. And look, Bobby Lashley for most of his career has been a heel. So the fans have had more than enough time to boo him, dislike him, get angry with him. And now I think they're at the respect stage. I think they're at the respect stage of like, okay, we we, we hated you. We We respect the hell out of you. You're a legitimate, like certified badass. You know, why are we booing this? And, you know, you're, you're right. I think that there was a transition. Do I think that's, here's the thing. I don't know if it's an active transition, a purposeful transition by WWE, or if it's just organically happening because there was tension between him and MVP, but they've seemed to have rectified that. And Bobby hasn't really done anything different other than that one, again, kind of crack in the seams that seems have to have been resolved. So other than that, what has Bobby done differently? The answer is nothing. So that tells you this change in reception for Bobby is an organic one. So that's going to be interesting to see if it continues over the next several weeks with different crowds in different towns and how it how it changes from venue to venue. Um. But yeah, he's facing Brock at Rumble. I, I, I do think they'll stop that progression. Again, I don't think that they're actively pursuing it. That's the thing. They're, they, uh, the only indicator you had was the, the just kind of um, the bit of uh, argument that he had backstage, I think last week or the week before with MVP saying he doesn't need anybody including you and you know he, he can do this all on his own. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's not much of a case to be made that they're making a full-blown babyface run with him. So 
he's just Bobby essentially just being Bobby. There's not much difference. So again, this is not them actively pursuing or progressing anything. I think it's the fans who have decided that we're going to start cheering this guy now. So it's going to be interesting to see if it, again, if it continues city to city is very different, especially big market to small market and vice versa. And then of course you have the, uh, the, the intangible of Brock Lesnar coming in and how does, how do the fans react when it's their face to face, who gets booed, who gets cheered. That's it's going to be fascinating. Um, I was chatting with Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan, and I said this in a joking way, but the more I think about it, the more I think that this could be something that might be in the works. <clears throat> with the way that they have had KO and Seth work together, I think they should make them a tag team. I think most of us believe it will be Randy against Riddle at Mania, so why not have KO and Seth team up to take the belts off them? What are your thoughts on this idea? Do you think they're actually going to go this direction? I, You know, in one respect, I hope so. Because Riddle and Randy is going to be fun. The matches they're going to have are going to be fun. It's also going to be interesting to see if Riddle's the one that turns heel. And we get to see a heel Riddle. Instead of the inevitable, oh, Randy turn heel again. Here comes an RKO. Boom. Why, Randy? Why? We've seen it dozens of times. It'll work. It's just a kind of a tired formula. The more interesting, of course, is having Riddle go heel. We'll see what they do. But I do believe KO and Seth teaming up to take the belts off them would make sense. Again, there was that that's a legitimate you talk about two guys that have chemistry and are also legitimate uh legitimate guys that have come together. Yes. You know, are they a traditional tag team? No, but there aren't any traditional tag teams anymore outside of the Viking Raiders and you see how they're booked. So I do believe that it's a good idea to team these two up if they have nothing better for them. Now the downside of this is if you're a Seth Rollins fan and want to see him as champion, well, that would indicate that, unfortunately, it may not happen anytime soon if they're going to stick him in a tag team and then have a big tag team championship run with KO. So there's good and bad to this. And I, th- th- those are my thoughts. But eventually, yeah, Seth and KO could be the ones to take it off of him. Take it off of uh, Riddle and Randy. I mean, who who better? Uh, I'll keep this last short, last part short, but my rant for the week is about the almost AJ match. I was really hoping they would skip this match and let them move on to their next programs. I know a lot of people probably wanted to see this, but I didn't. Omos is already established as this untouchable giant, and this match did nothing to change that. In my opinion, all it did was make AJ look totally beatable and weak. We know AJ is going to be doing some stuff with NXT, and most people will forget about this match. But I think they really made it tougher for AJ to have one final run before he retires. What are your thoughts on future plans for AJ and how this may or may not play into them? That's it for, th- that's it for this week. Thanks, as always, for reading my ramblings and looking forward to hearing your comments, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. And thank you for your support on Patreon. Yeah, that match, again, it, it didn't make me happy either, considering who AJ Styles is and the star power AJ Styles possesses. And we know how, all know how good he is in the ring, a world-class performer. And it did make me a little bit kind of disappointed. But as I said, it was predictable. Right now, the 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 narrative, the the more important story they're telling is pushing Omos to the top and making him un, look unbeatable, untouchable. Again, he hasn't left his feet, much less taken a, a finish, much less uh, taken even a sustained offense or lost a match. I mean, the guy has not really had any offense, serious offense being thrown at him. So he's more, he looks more dominant than Braun Strowman did at the beginning of his run. And so, 
yeah, I was not happy about that. But do I think it's damaging to AJ? I think in the moment it is. I think short term it is. But if you move on from this quickly, if WWE moves on from this quickly, I think that they could easily repair AJ Styles' perception among fans. I think that they could easily get fans to forget, get fans to, you know, try to try to put it out of their brains. And they will quickly once AJ gets into the ring with a suitable opponent that he can have a great match with and we'll all forget it. And Omos will move on. So I don't want them to continue this. I want AJ to move on because it's just going to be, if it's dominating performance after dominating performance, then you need to be concerned. But if this is just one dominant performance that Omos can put under his belt, that they can, you know, pull out every time they want to have a video package of Omos or, or have Omos claim what he did to so-and-so and so-and-so, then sure. But if it's a continuous beatdown for like many weeks, then I'd be concerned. So that's how I feel about it. Uh, thanks, Tommy. And let's see here. Moving on. Who do we got next? Who do we got? Ah, we have Smashy. Yes, Smashy, formerly known as Joel, but his friends call him Smashy. So can't can't go into why on a PG show. Well, uh, I have an idea, Joel. I mean, Smashy. Okay, I, I know what the kids mean by smash. So... <laughs> Uh, and, and it's not beating somebody up. So you're right. I'm I'm now towing the line of a PG show. But guys, use your imagination. And I could be completely wrong. But if I'm trying to keep up with the cool kids, I think I got smashy. I, I get it. Okay, moving on before I get in trouble. Anyway, I've been busy, crazy busy over the last month, but I still listen to the show when I could. Firstly, I hope the tribal chief Roman Reigns is gets well soon and is back on SmackDown after what Brock did at the end of Raw this week about seeing him on Friday. Yes, I think he will, by the way. Uh, I don't think they would have mentioned Roman Reigns and how Brock said he's going to be there on SmackDown if they felt Roman wouldn't be able to come out of quarantine. So I'm glad Big E lost the title at day one, only it wasn't fair to who I first expected to win. And that was Seth or Seth freaking Rollins, as they're now calling him. In the last week or two before day one, I was starting to think that maybe Bobby would win it because how he was being built in those last weeks before the event. I also thought that if he didn't win, then he that he would win at the Rumble. But once Brock was added to the match, after Roman was tested positive for COVID, my thinking was, was that regardless of who else was in the match, that Brock would win. And I don't mind that because I was over Big E as champion, and I think he'll hold the championship for a short time. Because he'll get screwed out of the championship by Roman, which I think you said on the Raw review. Yes, and I just said, I believe, a couple minutes ago as well. I agree. What are your thoughts on what version of Alexa is coming when she returns to Raw? I personally hope she's a dark character, as I like the way she was before she went off TV after the Charlotte match. So I hope she comes back as something similar to that character. I agree. Yeah, again, I I just stated I think it's a hybrid, but if I was going to choose, it had to be black or white, the previous goddess character or this dark kind of spinoff of the fiend i would say i would go with the fiend character just make some slight alterations to it if i had to choose black or white but i think it's going to be a hybrid of sorts some kind of spinoff of what she just did because that character started i think to wear on fans um, you started to hear the reaction the, the social media reaction and so forth on to live morgan and becky lynch i'm with mr casual wrestling fan on this one i think there was no way becky was losing whether it was clean or by cheating, I don't think Liv is a credible enough threat to Becky to take the championship from her. 
from memory, I think Liv has only won one match in ages, and that was the one where she won that fatal five-way match a couple of weeks ago before she faced Becky on Raw. Yes, Liv has a presence on the mic, as I've heard you say, and also she has improved lots in the ring. But how many matches has she won? Only something like one or two in how long? Overall, I think Becky's on another level compared to Liv, and in reality, I feel as though Bianca Belair is as much of a fan as I'm not a fan of her as a babyface. I liked her when she was a heel in NXT. She's the only real threat to Becky at the moment. But how many chances they're going to give her until the fans are tired of seeing her challenge for the title? I'd like to see Rhea and Nikki split, have Rhea win some matches, and then have her challenge the championship. Uh, Rhea shouldn't be in some horrible tag team story with Nikki. Okay, before I continue on, um, a lot there, a lot there. And I, I hear you that the, the win-loss record for Liv Morgan's not great. But a lot of times you can circumvent the win-loss record by perception. By having her in segments with the top uh, woman on the roster, it automatically elevates her and you, you kind of forget about the losses. However, however, you can only go with perception for so long before you need to see results. And right now, Liv Morgan does not have results. Granted, Becky botched the ending, and it should have been a a, a stolen ending. She couldn't find her foot on the rope. It was an actual botched ending, and I would bet a lot of money on that. And so that kind of screwed Liv a little bit by making it a clean victory over her instead of a, a, a heelish win over her. However, she was still slated to lose the match regardless. And you're right, though, as much as we say, and it's true to some extent that wins and losses don't matter, they should. They should. And if Liv was to step out of the championship picture for a while and just go on a tear with other women, I think that would be a better way to build her up. Get some wins under her belt, some good old momentum underneath or behind her. Yes, I think that would help and give her time away from that title picture to really find her character at an even more deep level, get more comfortable on the mic, kind of groom her for that bigger spot when it then it would feel like a actual credible threat to her championship. So, yeah, I hear you. And that is that is something to wins and losses. I totally agree. As far as Bianca Belair is a heel. Yeah, I mean, right now, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm enjoying her as a babyface. I think she can do both very well. Her as a heel is enjoyable too. So whenever she does make that turn, which I don't think is going to be anytime soon, as a heel, she's really good. I mean, we saw a little bit of it when she was backing up the uh, Street Profits when Montez Ford was poisoned. You remember that? During the whole pandemic era, which we're still in, although not in WWE land. Um, and she was acting like a total just insufferable you know what? And uh, she she was able to, to modify herself into a very likable human being, at least in my mind. So as far as Rhea Ripley, the problem with this is her and Rick and Nikki splitting. And I don't know if it's a problem to some because it depends on your view of the women's tag team division. And I say tag, tag team division in air quotes because they don't have one. If Nikki and Rhea were to split, that means Carmella and... Um, and Zelina Vega would essentially be unopposed in a division that is that contains themselves only. They would be the solo act in a tag team division. It's an embarrassment what they've done with the women's tag team division. There isn't one. So if they split, then they have no one to face the champions. 
But to some people, that may be a good thing because they, we can just all forget about the tag team uh, belts for the women and bring them back when there's an actual division. So, but as far as Rhea challenging, yeah, that'd be fun. And Liv Morgan right now, I think is going to be, there's not going to be any more one-on-one matches for her. I think she'll be involved in some kind of three-way, four-way matchup with Becky. That's what I think. Um, okay. I hope to see Finn Balor on TV again soon after not being on for a couple of weeks. And I also hope Sasha Banks is on SmackDown soon after she apparently suffered an injury at a house show. Um, so before we close things out with your, um, your, your comments at the end here. Yeah. I hope I see Finn too. Finn is so enjoyable. I've really loved how he's looked and sounded since he came back from NXT. And yes, I saw the injury about to Sasha. I watched it. I actually posted a video on it. I commented on video on my, uh, TikTok account, which you can follow us at the WWE podcast. And, uh, yeah, it's an injury scare. And the landing, you'll see her knees like bent forward and her ankle, it did not look good. And there was a scare, but it all appears to be well. Okay, uh, before I go, I just want to say I've really enjoyed listening to the show when I've had the chance to. And I'd like to give a shout out to The Crisis. That guy is fire, as well as DJ. And also, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, I I enjoyed listening to what you have to say. That's all for me this week. Catch you again soon. Thank you so much, Smashy. (laughs) <laughs> I uh, when I say that name, I'm just, you know, I think I get it, um, but I could be wrong. So, yeah, shout out to everybody. Certainly, we have a great team here and I appreciate the comments and uh, hopefully you get you know more time to listen to us. And, uh, you know, we're all busy for sure. So, all right, let's continue on here and uh, let's get to. Well, not, not let's not get to let's go to the DJ booth. Right. What does Mr. DJ have to say this week? DJ Kuzmo says, hey, Matt and WWE AEW podcast fam. This is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. Happy, happy new year to you and your family, all the listeners, all the Patreon subscribers and all the hosts of the official, unofficial, official, unofficial <laughs> WWE podcast. Let's just jump right into this first topic. Tony Storm quits WWE. When I first heard the news last week, right before New Year's Eve, on the exact day of the mailbag, of the sudden news that Tony Storm was no longer in WWE, my initial reaction was, damn, another WWE release around the holiday season, which made me really pissed off, because she was just in a title match with Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's title, and most likely, they could have had another match scheduled at the Rumble. However, as I read into the details of what really went down from credible news sources, and not the typical dirt sheet sites, I learned that this was Tony's decision in deciding to leave the WWE for good. Whatever led Tony to make that decision, we can only speculate of what she was thinking and how she did it. I wish Tony Storm all the best. It's a great, or it's great that now she can start this year of 2022 with a fresh start, a new perspective on pro wrestling. And what's amazing is that Tony Storm is only 26 years old. She's got so many wrestling years ahead of her, so wherever she goes, whether it's AEW, Impact, MLW, New Japan, or maybe she takes some time off from wrestling for a while, she no longer has to be micromanaged by the machine called WWE. All the best to Tony Storm, the former NXT UK Women's Champion. Yeah, this, I mean, again, it's a loss for WWE, 
And when they're losing talent like this willingly, when talent just willingly, voluntarily decide to say, see ya, and this is the biggest wrestling company in the world, and this is likely where she'll make the most money, and she's willing to give all of that up, I think it speaks to the culture of WWE. Again, that's my assumption. It's not what I've confirmed or anything like that, but uh, that's my my take, and I, I hear you, DJ. I'm with you. Now let's get to my favorite part of the mailbag, where we put on our wrestling thinking caps and play Fantasy Booker. Thanks to Matt for his WWE 2022 predictions. I've comprised a list of lists of who's who, what's what, when's when, where's where, why's why, and how's how of the booking for a variety of categories that I kind of want to went into a deep rabbit hole, then came back and went into another deeper rabbit hole. So grab your favorite beverage of choice, get a snack, a Lunchables, courtesy of the crisis, and get comfortable as I take you on a ride for my 2022 list of predictions, part one. Let's go. Okay. Jeez. DJ, first, before I continue, how long does it take you to write these emails? I, I mean, you put more time into this than I put into most of my college, you know, essays and, and, and assignments. <laughs> I got to say, I mean, where were you in, in college? I, you know, I, I would have wanted you on my team. Right. Because I would have been the loafer. I would have been the guy kind of like, you know, look like I'm contributing, but I'm not really contributing. And you would have been the guy doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> I got to say, your, uh, your, your effort in, in these emails is pretty incredible. Okay. Big returns, main roster debuts for the women's division. Bailey. She could possibly return at the women's rumble and have an impressive run of throwing over as many women over the, uh, as she can over the top rope most likely getting to the final four of the Rumble. Last time Bailey was in WWE, she was feuding uh, She was feuding as a heel against Bianca on SmackDown. Most likely Bailey will return as the default babyface, since WWE is currently in need of top babyfaces for the women's division. Yeah, I mean, like, for, you know, as I, as I put that prediction out there, and I did, and by the way, if you haven't listened to my 2022 upcoming predictions, it doesn't cover everything. I don't go into a deep rabbit holes, as much as uh, DJ does, I kind of skimmed over some things and gave kind of a high level predictions. But your 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 thoughts about Bailey and also considering she could enter the Rumble is possible. But I got to say, when I look at her feed, her Instagram feed, and, and everything, it looks like she's still in rehab. And I don't think three and a half weeks is going to be enough for her to be in not just recovered but also in ring shape. I, I still think we're looking at like March, February, March, personally. Asuka, she too could possibly return at the Women's Rumble and have a good showing, but unfortunately she will get tossed over the top rope by either, let's say, Dewdrop, I cringe saying that name, or she gets tossed over the top rope by Rhea Ripley. Whoever tosses Asuka over the top rope, it will then begin the initial feud of leading up to either this the February pay-per-view that doesn't have a name, yet will eventually I'll, I will eventually get to, or the feud leads up to WrestleMania. Last time Asuka was in the WWE, she was in that hot mess of a triple threat with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title. Most likely, also Asuka also returns as a babyface. Yes. I absolutely, I think that's totally true. And you know what? I think the Rumble's a perfect spot for her because it's a nice return spot. Plus, the, the WWE needs women in the Rumble. I gave you guys the numbers last time. They don't even have enough active women on the roster, on the main roster anyway, to fill the Women's Royal Rumble. So they, that's why they had so many fill-ins last year from 
you know, cameos of people, Molly Holly and, and Trish and Leah, you know, they had those women there because they didn't have enough active women to, to actually fill the Rumble match itself. So they need Oscar. They need bodies. But I don't think Oscar would win. You're right. No way. But it's, it'd be fun to watch her return. And I think she will eventually feud uh, with, well, if she's going to Raw, then Charlotte Flair. Um, Alexa Bliss. She could be back on, uh, she could be on her way back very soon, even before the Rumble on Monday Night Raw. And on Twitter, there was a brief message that Alexa is coming back. The question is, does Alexa come back as the Dark Fiend character portrayed from majority of late 2020 into uh, 2021? Or does Alexa get repackaged as either an even darker character or revert back to the old Alexa before she was influenced by the Fiend who is no longer in WWE? Last time Alexa was in the WWE, she was feuding with Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's title at, I believe it was the Extreme Rules pay-per-view in late September. Remember, when Alexa Bliss had that WTF moment when she went berserk at the completion of the same match with Charlotte after Charlotte ripped Lily apart and Alexa started foaming at the mouth, which looked like Alka-Seltzer, and it was. I mean, you could see her chewing it up. (laughs) It was bad. Um, It was just a whole new low for Alexa at that time. We could all speculate that probably she was at the end of the Alexa character. Most likely, she returns as some sort of tweener or heel. I would like to see Alexa and Nikki tag again but as a heel team. Well, yeah, I mean, look, the last thing you said, DJ, about her coming as a tweener, she could be, and I think it's going to be also a tweener of a character, some kind of mix between the old Alexa and the dark Alexa. That's what I think. She can't go back to what she exactly was. I mean, if you're going to repackage her, now's the time. And having her and Nikki tag again, yeah, that'd be fun, but I also want Nikki to drop this nonsense and just go full villain. I want to see Nikki as a villain. Okay, Uh, Io Shirai from NXT. She hasn't been doing anything relevant on NXT 2.0 since she lost her NXT women's title to Raquel Gonzalez sometime last year. And she should have been on the main roster since that defeat to uh, Raquel. Anyway, Io Shirai is one of the best female wrestlers from the old NXT regime. But I just think her time is up under this new NXT 2.0 and it's time for her to go to the main roster. She could be a, comp- a good addition to the women's roster on Monday night and most likely debut at the Rumble as a babyface. I just hope her music remains the same, does not get altered. Well, hopefully, yeah, she doesn't get Keith lead, right? Uh, okay. <clears throat> I can't comment on this. I hate, you know, my own show, I can't comment on NXT because I'm not smart enough to because I don't watch it, enough of it. So I'll just take you at face value and say blindly, good observation, DJ. Smart stuff, good, in-depth, and insightful. Because <laughs> I've got nothing else. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, all right. Dakota Kai and Raquel. You're killing me with this NXT stuff. I'll just, again, I'll, I'm going to read it and I'll just respond generically to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Both of these ladies from the old NXT regime are still currently on the roster. Since Raquel dropped the belt to Mandy Rose, Raquel, in my opinion, has been in a holding pattern for quite a long while. And this would be the time for her to move up the main roster. I would like to see Raquel move to the Monday Night Raw, where she can initially start feuding with Rhea Ripley. Rhea and Raquel had some feuds during the old regime of NXT, and it would be great to rekindle that feud at at the same time helping Rhea get out of a dreadful tag team purgatory that she's been in for far too long. Dakota Kai, also another veteran from the old NXT regime, 
would be a great addition to the SmackDown women's roster as a heel. Raquel would be good as a babyface on Raw to kind of balance out the heel to the heel to face ratio in the women's division. Again, DJ, a masterful, uh, masterful paragraph. Uh, you, you are a scholar. I mean, uh, I, I really, I, I cannot, uh, I cannot, I could not have said it better myself. <laughs> oh, this is pathetic. Thank you, DJ. <laughs> Somebody out there somewhere has something to say about that. I unfortunately do not. Okay, uh, the universal title picture. Here are two scenarios for Roman Reigns, in my opinion. Ah, now you're speaking my language. Roman Reigns uh, remains champion for the rest of this year, 2022. He also remains champion until SummerSlam, where he drops the belt to Drew, and then Roman either goes away for five months or gets drafted to Monday Night Raw in October. I don't think WWE can afford, honestly, Roman Reigns to be gone that long. They, they, They just can't. He's too good. So I'm going to go with scenario one, honestly. Uh, I, I think that that scenario of Roman Reigns remaining champion through 2022 would infuriate people, and that's the point. On top of not only infuriating people, but who's honestly worthy of breaking that Roman Reigns momentum, that streak? Who's really on the roster worthy? I don't care. Either brand. Pick a brand. Even if they were able to do a crossover, much less just the SmackDown roster. Okay. Two scenarios for Brock Lesnar, in my opinion. This is under the WWE title picture here. Brock Lesnar remains champion until WrestleMania. And in a triple threat, winner takes all match that includes Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar versus Drew. Roman pins Drew for the title and to cl- for the win to claim both titles. But then, just as Roman is celebrating, Seth Rollins' music hits and he cashes in his WWE contract, WWE title contract, and with the help of Brock giving Roman the F5, Seth pins Roman to claim the WWE title, which closes the book of Brock versus Roman. Roman goes on to feud with Drew for two pay-per-views, and Seth goes on to feud with Brock for the WWE title in the upcoming pay-per-views. I like this. You know, if there was any ever anybody to beat Roman, it would be Seth. But the problem is, Seth as a babyface is bad. I, I mean... I feel like I've seen enough of a sample size of Seth as a babyface to just know it's bad. Now, maybe that's not the point is to turn him heel or turn him babyface because, of, as you said, if he's going to be facing uh, Drew McIntyre or rather um, Brock Lesnar for the title over the, the upcoming pay-per-views, then you would keep him as a, as a heel. So really, you don't have to even try that nonsense. But I like that, uh, you know, and we haven't ever heard about Seth complaining that he, you know, he did get a, a title opportunity, but we haven't heard yet that that title opportunity when he won that gauntlet match, uh, or it was a fatal five way a number of weeks ago on Raw, that it was supposed to be one on one. I feel like that's going to come back too, like you said, DJ, and that uh, that contract stipulated that it was a one on one match, and that's when he decides to do that. I don't know if he can cash it in though. I don't think it's like money in the bank rules. It probably has to be done ahead of time. He can't just come out at the, you know, when, when somebody's vulnerable and just decide to, to quote unquote cash it in. It's not a cashable in on the, on the spot type of contract like money in the bank is, but I get your, I get the gist. All right. Uh, point number two. And the final point here is Brock Lesnar remains champion until that February, 2022 pay-per-view. That according to CBS Sports doesn't have a name yet, but I could speculate that it's probably Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia because according to CBS Sports, 
after the February pay-per-view, the next pay-per-view in April, which, of course, is uh, WrestleMania. With that being said, let's get to this scenario number two. The showdown, the super showdown pay-per-view in February in Saudi Arabia is Brock versus Bobby Lashley versus Big E for the WWE title. Lashley pins Big E to win the title. But as Bobby Lashley and MVP are celebrating in the ring, Seth Rollins' music hits. Bobby's pissed. Seth Rollins tells the ref that he's cashing in his WWE title contract right now. MVP is trying to hold off Bobby from going with the match. Bobby gets angry and shoves MVP to the floor. Bobby gets distracted, and out of nowhere, Seth hits his stomp. One, two, three. Wins the WWE title. Following that on Raw after the Super Showdown, Bobby and Biggie are arguing in the hallway. Adam Pearce, the so-called genius that he is, decides to have Bobby Lashley face Biggie, and the winner gets to face Seth at WrestleMania. Unfortunately, Bobby loses the match to Big E via the god-awful big-ending finish. Bobby Lashley goes ballistic, tosses the ring, uh, ring steps into the ring, attacks security, WWE backstage employees, MVP tries to stop him, but Bobby tells MVP it's your fault, and he fires MVP on the spot as his manager. Meanwhile, Paul Heyman goes to SmackDown to demand a title rematch for Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, and of course, the wise guy is Adam Pearce, or that Adam Pearce is, Decides, since Drew has won the Rumble and he's chosen Roman to be his opponent at WrestleMania, that Adam decided to make it a triple threat match for the Universal title. Drew versus Roman versus Brock. Paul tells Adam that Brock will be on SmackDown next week to sign the contract and beat Roman Reigns to a quote-unquote bloody pulp. Fast forward to Mania, Seth defeats Big E for the WWE title to continue his run as champion, while Roman pins Drew and Brock to retain the Universal title while Paul Heyman looks on in total shock. And that's the long and short of that story. I got more 2022 predictions, but I'll save that for part two next week. Best regards, DJ. Thank you, DJ. And uh, with these descriptions, you you got this playing in my head, right? And it all seems to make sense. It actually does. I mean, I'm not being facetious. I, I, I mean, it really has got me like, yeah, that makes sense. This makes sense. They could do this. Um, I like this. I really do. Um, The thing is, I don't believe Brock is going to, you know, um, retain. He's not going to be champion for long. And I actually would not have Brock beat anybody for the universal title. I really wouldn't. It needs to be saved for someone that is, um, that's the quote unquote, more the future of WWE. I've, I've said that and I'll stand by it. So I like this. I do. Um, and I do like the fact that you're having also, um, uh, Drew McIntyre in, in this equation because Drew McIntyre has been silent for too long. And we all know he's been in a holding pattern for way too long. And once we get past the rumble, look out because Corbin is the last piece of this holding pattern. Once he gets through Baron Corbin, after he already went through Mad Cat Moss, Drew McIntyre is going to be a big, big player. I really do believe that. That's a main event. And and I've called for this triple threat, too, for WrestleMania, for Drew, Drew Roman Brock. Yes, totally a believable main event. And I think it's going to happen. Yes. All right. DJ, we'll get to your, of course, your uh, mailbag in uh, just a moment here. But we do have a couple more emails. So we'll get to or your voicemail. We'll get to that in, in a moment or two. So let's see here. Um I'm going to make sure I did this right. So here we go. This is from Kyle from New York. He says, I just have a question about last week's mailbag. 
And if you want, you can read this in the mailbag, but it's up to you. Well, I guess I am. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, shout out to Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan. I never got something like this before because I'm actually only 21, so I don't really make much money. I don't really have enough to pay for Patreon, so I do appreciate a free month. My question is, how do I, what do I do since Casual Wrestling Fan told me to email you? How do I get on Patreon for free? I don't have a credit card or Twitter, but I do have Discord on my phone for the Discord server. That's all for this week, and I will talk to you next time. Well, Kyle, uh, I will say, um, I really don't know if there's a way to just grant somebody free access. I'll look into that on Patreon. I will look into that on Patreon um, because I think there there has to be. I, I'll contact support, you know. And and I did. Mr. Casual Wrestling fan did let me know. I just honestly have just not had the the time to uh, to look into it. But I will. Okay. Um, so Kyle, I will um, I will look into this on Patreon. There has to be a way to kind of gift it to you. You know, my other thought was you could, um, you know, you, you, you could sign up and then I can actually refund you. But if you don't have a credit card, then, you know, that that option's out of there. So let me contact uh, support. I'm, I'm glad you um, I'm glad you brought that up because you know why? In the giving mood that I'm in, if you didn't know I'm in it, I'm in a giving mood. What I want to do if and this is a big if because I've never done it, if I can gift free accounts Maybe I'll give like a free Patreon uh, account or a free, I don't know, a free month or whatever to a listener every single, uh, every month, you know, something like that. So that sounds like something fun, right? And so let me look into it, Kyle. I promise I will get back to you. Okay. Let's see what else we've got. Um, I don't know. You think I'd come prepared, right? I mean, I, I'm running my own show instead of just sitting here scrolling like it's the first time I've done it. Um, all right. Uh, nope. Owen, uh, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the, the the resident heel does indeed have something to say, but apparently it's only via voicemail. So we're going to get to that. So I believe this is the final email, and then I'll check social media for any last minute um, additions to the, to, the, to the speaking part of this, and then I'll give you guys the microphone. Uh, okay, so this is from who the heck is this from? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just gonna read it. Here we go. Hey, WWE Podcast, I got to hear your 2022 rev- uh, preview show, and I have to agree with your picks. So now with Bobby facing Brock at the Rumble, who do you think will face Roman? I think a good pick would maybe Champa. Finally for this week, who do you think would make a good third member if the Shield of the Shield if Roman and Seth were drafted back on the same show? And they got together. Stay safe. Thank you. Um, I, I don't have the name. So thank you, anonymous person, for listening to that show. And uh, who do I think Roman's going to face at, at the Royal Rumble? Brock could do double duty. You know, I, I don't want him to. But I think it's possible that Brock does double duty. Um, you're right. Champa could also, if he's called up to the main roster, be a credible threat. But do you really want to put Champa immediately into that title picture? Maybe there's a case. Champa's, you know, no slouch. He's not a, he's not green. He's been in the system. He's one of the originals. Uh and can work his ass off. So I don't you know, I don't have any qualms about it. I'm just uh, you know, I'm I'm concerned about how they manage NXT talent and, and how they Vince just doesn't know what to do with them or thinks he know he that everybody coming up needs to be quote unquote fixed, that they're always just as inherently something that needs to be shed from NXT coming up to the main roster. You know, 
that that's my thought. I'm, I'm concerned about it, but I'd love to see it. And, you know, I'll, I'll go with that. I like Champa versus Roman at, at Rumble. Of course, Champa not winning it, but it'll be fun. Um, you know, there is that. Of course, you could do Brock having new double duty because there's nobody else. Who else is, I mean, Roman's run through everyone. So um, who would I want to be the third Shield member if Seth and Roman were drafted back on the same show? Well, that's assuming that they brought the Shield back together and they called it the Shield. You know, and, and I do do wonder, I mean, you could, boy, um, again, this is if all rosters remain the same, right? Like this is if all of the rosters were the exact same as they are now, and they they reformed the draft. So let me look here. Uh, I'm going to go to the SmackDown roster and look at the list. Who could be that member? Top Dalla? I'm kidding. Um, wow. There's not a lot. <laughs> Sammy's, I mean, I was going to say Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, obviously not. I mean, there really is not a whole lot. This really, I mean, you could have Cesaro, Cesaro in kind of a reinvigorated heel role to kind of jolt his career. There you go. Uh, that's what I'd say. So, uh, all right. Then uh, that concludes at least emails. I'm going to be scrolling through my phone here for any last minute additions. And let's see here. I got to scroll over to my Instagram account at WWE underscore podcast, by the way. And uh, let's take a look. And it looks like we're in the clear. So with that said, we're, we're going to transition to voicemails in just a minute. But we're going to take one quick break and give some love to the sponsors of this show. And then uh, it's all voicemails for the rest of the show. So stick around. We'll be right back. How would you like to get 47 ebooks for $1? Yes, 47 for a dollar. The only place to get that is millionairewealthclub.com. These books include passive income advice with Airbnbs, vending machines, credit repair, Amazon profits, YouTube celebrities, generational wealth, and much more. They're striving to push the youth to be entrepreneurs versus employees in 2022. Add this bundle to your cart and use coupon code MILLIONAIRE at checkout. If there are any issues, you can just contact them and they'll get your bundle over immediately. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com and get 47 ebooks for a dollar. I can't believe I'm saying that. 47 ebooks for a dollar. It's really a no-brainer. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com. What is the construction life? It is a 5 a.m. wake up, workout, shower, prepare lunch, send off the family, hop into the work truck, call the crews and suppliers, arrive on site, organize, prep, build, have fun, wrap up, end the day on a high note, head home, spend time with the family, prep for the next day, turn in, sleep, wake up and do it all over again because you love what you do every single day of the construction life. Good enough will never be good enough for us. Check out the most listened to construction podcast online, and you can find it on 11 different podcast channels, and it's listened to in over 60 countries around the world. Listen to conversations from real tradespeople, suppliers, sales reps, and clients sharing real stories about real job sites and real on-site experiences. If you are young and getting started in the industry or been in the business for decades, there's always something new to learn, and the guests and hosts of this popular construction podcast will never sugarcoat anything, especially the hard truth about construction. 
So what is the name of it? It's called The Construction Life. So check out The Construction Life on your podcast app today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Okay, everybody. It is time for Mr. DJ Kuzmo. Let's see what he's got to say this week. Hello, WWE Podcast World. This is none other than DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I'm recording to you live once again on a Tuesday evening. And if you are hearing the sound of my voice, you have made it. We have made it to 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to all the hosts, to all the listeners, to everybody that's subscribed to Patreon. Happy New Year. We are in 2022. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out of shout outs to none other than Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan and the TakeOver crew. Shout out to them. They always do a great job taking over for Matt as they do the mailbag every, uh, I believe it's the week of the pay-per-view or it's called something else. I forgot what that terminology is called, but I know it's not called the pay-per-view, but it's called something else. But shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan and thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for giving me the email of the year award now i I don't want to get to on a little soapbox tangent here but i want to have my little one minute uh acceptance speech about this award now you may not know that at 3 a.m 3 let's say 2 3 4 a.m in the morning i'm working on these emails i'm falling asleep on myself and i want to give a shout out to reliable wi-fi internet in my apartment that i'm able to type these long emails and i'm able to uh send them out proofread them i most likely have to read it sometimes three or four times just to get it right and shout out to my reliable internet shout out to my girlfriend she kind of annoys me it's like why are you still typing emails why because you know me and her we kind of like do a facetime so shout out to my girlfriend to kind of you know you know, keep me uh keep me up even though I try to fall asleep on myself. But um I'm really grateful for this award of email of the year and going forward this year you're gonna get a lot more emails from me and a shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. I appreciate the award. And man, just uh FedEx me the award. I I'll, I'll, I'll give y'all the address, you know. <laughs> just FedEx me that award that I could put that on my 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 shelf of uh in my in my little bedroom that area that I have of little trophies. But thank you so much, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. And before we get to Brock Lesnar, before we get to the Bobby Lashley becoming the number one contender, we want to talk about one of the biggest things that just happened recently for this podcast family. And I'm talking about Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan is here in the Discord. He is on Discord. And... If you have not subscribed, now, I don't want to, this is going to be my last time on my Patreon promo, folks, my Patreon promo. If you have not subscribed, it is just a dollar a month. You 
subscribe to Netflix for what, nine something a month? You subscribe to Hulu so that you can watch your shortened version of Monday Night Raw because I know not everybody watches a three-hour Monday Night Raw. But if you can subscribe to all of these other subscription services, why not subscribe to the WWE Unofficial Podcast on Patreon where you could actually get a chance to talk to the great one, None, none, none other than Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan and get to talk to him one-on-one in the Discord chat and everybody else as we rant and have our feedback and our thoughts and reactions and actions to the pay-per-view. And of course, this past pay-per-view, day one, I'm going to get to that. But if you have not subscribed, this is your opportunity to subscribe to Patreon where you could join Mystic Casual Wrestling Fan on the Discord chat because uh, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan, he's not on Twitter. You can't find him on Instagram. This is the only place where you can actually get a chance to directly talk to none other than the great one, Sir Casual Wrestling Fan. Now, enough said about the promo no said about my acceptance speech let's get to some wrestling and folks what an awesome pay-per-view or what whatever it's called nowadays i know it's not called the pay-per-view but other than that day one was awesome and if you would have told me that brock lesnar would become the wwe champion at the end of the night I would be telling you, you are full of you-know-what. Because how can Brock Lesnar become the WWE champion and he's in a universal title match with Roman Reigns? But wait a minute, folks. Wait a minute, folks. So, before we had the pay-per-view, we had Roman Reigns tweet out that he had COVID. Now, just to talk about that just briefly... When was the last time that a professional wrestler said something like that, that he or she had COVID? Now, we all hate COVID, but that's the first time that I heard that Roman Reigns ever put out a tweet like that. I don't know why WWE sometimes or most of the time hide the fact that their wrestlers have COVID, but Roman Reigns, the top guy in the WWE right now, put out a tweet that he can't compete and that he has to sit out this championship match he really wanted to be there to take on Brock Lesnar but other than that we get Brock Lesnar getting get on put into this uh now it was a fatal five way a fatal five way and it was awesome it was one of the greatest fatal five ways that I ever saw and none other than Brock Lesnar is our new WWE champion after the many German suplexes and F5s to Seth Rollins and F5s to Kevin Owens, even F5 to the champion Big E. But wait a minute, wait a minute. There was no F5 to Bobby Lashley, and that is where we lead to Monday Night Raw, where none other than Bobby Lashley is now in the contention for his second WWE title reign at the Royal Rumble. I am so pumped up. This is the dream match for the ages, folks. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, two of the best uh, guys right now at their age. Yes, they're in their 40s but they are still at the peak of their powers as one of the best fit athletic wrestlers today and of course we all know that Brock Lesnar could still go he's no Oberg like Goldberg but he sure could put out an F5 he sure could put out a German suplex and good god almighty we get Paul Heyman 
and MVP. I want to see that interaction between the two managers. But just to dial it back, I want to. I'm looking at how Big E, how Big E was in this predicament, right? So we had our fatal five way. When I saw that Brock Lesnar came out last. There was no question, no doubt in my mind that Brock Lesnar would win the title and defeat Biggie and most likely pin Biggie. But I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate, no pun intended, to the advocate, Paul Heyman. I want to play devil's advocate and say WWE creative did a bad job. They should have had um, they should have had Big E come out last in the Fatal Five Way in the entrance. Why you put you put Big E? I don't know why I'm saying Bobby Lashley. Why do you put Big E as the fourth person to come out? Yes, you have Seth Rollins. He has the contract. What does Kevin have? What does Kevin Owens have? Kevin Owens doesn't have any equity in the Fatal Five Way, so he could have came out. Let's say first, Seth Rollins could have came out second, Brock Lesnar could have came out third, Bobby Lashley could have came out fourth, and of course, our champion or former champion, Big E, should have came out fifth. Now, I'm looking at this, right, and I saw the 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 how how depressed Biggie looked. Now we all are excited. There was a huge pop for Brock Lesnar. There was a huge pop that Brock Lesnar became the WWE champion. But look at the face of Biggie. I know I don't, I don't want to feel sorry for Biggie, but I know that Biggie might probably get another chance, another opportunity. I don't want to foreshadow it, but Biggie he has done a terrible job as champion. Let's let's just put it bluntly. He has done a terrible job as champion. And um, I don't know what uh, creative was trying to do with him or pigeonhole him as the a Drew McIntyre type being the, you know, the happy-go-lucky babyface that has to take on all challengers, which is absolute crap. But anyway, I digress. Congratulations to Brock Lesnar as he is our WWE champion. He did say something about Roman Reigns. He did say he's coming to SmackDown this coming Friday night. So I am hyped for that. I I am hyped to see the interaction between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar for the first time ever. I remember in the Rootless Aggression era, they were there, but they never faced each other, which is crazy. I witnessed Bobby Lashley when he debuted back in, I believe it was 2005. Brock Lesnar, he was already out of the WWE at that point, but you could have had that rivalry be burnt it at that time, but they never did it. But now you have the opportunity, of course, the dream match of all ages, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. I'm pumped up to see what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw. I am pumped up to see what's going to happen this coming Friday on SmackDown. I wish I could say that for Big E, but, you know, as they always say, you got to go to the back of the line. And um, uh, Brock Lesnar is our WWE champion. Roman Reigns is still the universal champion. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen this coming Friday on SmackDown. And that's all I got to say, folks. I hope you have a blessed week, and I will talk to you all next time. Well, DJ, I'm so excited for you about the award for email of the year. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. And I'm, I'm glad that Mr. Kajarowski fan gave out awards um it, it, it really is certainly deserved uh, on your end with all the effort you put in i mentioned it while i was reading your email that 
you know, look, you put more effort into the wrestling emails than I did to most of my projects in college uh, and in my, my most of my papers. So um, good, good stuff and, and well-deserved. And uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing much more of those, seeing many more of those in 2022. Um, you know, yes, absolutely shout out to Mr. And Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan who always go above and beyond and exceed expectations on the show. To answer your question, though, DJ, yeah, it, it's called a premiere live event. That that is their new. I feel like it's a mouthful, like pay per view. It just slid off the tongue, like boom, 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 pay per view. This is a premiere live event. Doesn't sound as cool. So maybe they'll just, you know, th- maybe they'll just shorten it to the event. I, th- I think they might shorten it to at the Royal Rumble event instead of saying at the premiere live event of the Royal Rumble. Like there's there's just too many words. So if they just get rid of pay per view, they're going to get rid of that terminology. And I actually understand why they're doing it because the pay-per-view model is dead for WWE uh, is just to say that at the Royal Rumble event or at the you know WrestleMania at WrestleMania, you know, just you don't even have to label what it is and just say the name of the show. You know, you could just say at WrestleMania at day one at Elimination Chamber. But if they need to say something to describe it more, they could just say event. And that's probably what they'll do. But they did say premiere live event. So we'll see what they land on, what language they land on in the coming weeks. Um or over the next few months, rather. So, uh, yeah, look, um, I, I am really excited about the, uh, the the Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar match. You know, it it doesn't feel like it's at a perfect time to do it, but it's a good time to do it. You know, I would have liked to have had in a perfect world, which doesn't exist, Bobby dominating on one brand, Brock dominating on the other brand, and they come together at WrestleMania where they're both unstoppable and they build and they have awesome video packages. Instead, we get a three-week build. We get a three-week build for a match that uh, we've never seen. And I, I, you know, I feel like they could get more out of it, but you know what? I'm not complaining because we're getting it. So I think there's a lot to pull from. They could pull from, you know, video package of, packages of yesteryear and show them uh, like career parallels, right? Because Bobby did go into MMA. Brock obviously had a more successful MMA career. I believe Bobby Lashley was in like Bellator and uh, had a very good record. And he said he loves to fight. And his his fantasy matchup was Brock Lesnar. So here we go. We get a matchup that the actual competitors, competitor, at least on Bobby's end, has always viewed as a fantasy matchup. So you know Bobby's pumped more than probably he's ever been pumped in his career to face Brock Lesnar. So... There's a really there's really a lot you can do here. And I hope these two don't even have any physical interaction. I'm willing to wait. I hope that they keep them completely apart before the pay-per-view. Or see, see, I can't even say before the live event, before the premiere live event of uh of Rumble, before the Royal Rumble. How about that? Sounds better. So, uh yes, and again, guys, I appreciate the promo DJ and that is a good selling point that Mr. Casual Wrestling fan who is he really is impossible to find on any social media platform. He's like a ghost. But he is available at your disposal on Patreon and at any tier, including the dollar tier, you get access to the Discord server where Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan will live. Okay, they are physically moving to the Discord server. They put their house up for sale and they are now living in the Discord server at your whim. They will respond to you. So uh, absolutely, that is a good point to DJ. I'm glad you brought that up and thank you for the the, uh, the the promotion and the constant uh, selling of of uh, our, our Patreon uh, show. And honestly, yes, it is a way for me to monetize my show. Of course, people that think that, you know, I wouldn't want to monetize my efforts are just, you know, I mean, of course I do it. I would not deny that. But 
for a dollar? How can you go wrong? Right? Like that's that's a steal for hundreds of shows ad free and Discord server at your disposal 24/7. It really is a steal. And uh thank you DJ. Thank you Mr. And Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan. Uh really just awesome job for for all of you guys. I mean, I, I really don't know what this show would be without you. And I I don't I'm not saying that facetiously or kind of tongue in cheek. I really do mean that. I mean, you you guys are so passionate and you 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 really hold this show together and bring such different perspectives and I really appreciate it. So Thank you to both of you and the missus. Then don't forget about Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan. She is an absolute welcome addition. Honestly, anytime we get a female voice on here, whether it's a co-host or in in the mailbag every week of the live of uh, premiere live events now, it, it really helps out the show. And I don't mean that to kind of exploit. Oh, we need women on the show to get more women to listen. I I just think it's a good perspective to have because. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know a whole lot of girls or women that love wrestling and watch wrestling outside of like our internet friends. I'm talking about in our own personal lives. How many women do you know that actually listen and watch and watch wrestling? So that's why I'm so grateful for Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, for uh, Mimi, for Ashley, and uh, be, to be able to hear their perspectives because I think a female voice, of course, is always good to hear outside of our, our you know, sometimes... <laughs> um, oversaturation of male voices, but you know, I do believe that they bring a very intelligent perspective. It's not that they're on here just to be on here either. They're very, all very smart. I believe smarter than me with a lot of this stuff and bring perspectives that I just somehow missed. And so, uh, really just shout out to everybody. So, all right, let's, uh, let's continue on here and get to our next voicemail. Hello, this is Owen from the UK. I'll be just myself today, not my character, The Resident Heel, because I'm going to be doing a two-part uh, voice note, previewing and then reviewing the um, day one pay-per-view, because I'll be watching the whole thing, because it's actually on a Saturday night for once, which is brilliant, because being here in the UK, it's normally at uh, crazy times on a Sunday evening, which is not ideal, but... So yeah, anyway... Uh, Rick Cesaro and Ricochet versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. I'm going to go Sheamus and Ridge Holland just because I think Ridge Holland needs this win, to be honest. I'm not too sure what they're doing with Sheamus and Ridge Holland, but yeah, I think they'll get this win because, I mean, Cesaro and Ricochet, there's nothing really there. So Sheamus and Ridge Holland, definitely. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss. This is the match I'm dreading the most. Because surely you'd think Drew McIntyre's just got to walk in there, claim all victory, one, two, three. He's won, but at the same time, Madcap Moss, it seems so predictable that Drew McIntyre's going to win, which is making me think Madcap Moss is going to win with something like a Baron Corbin, or maybe a returning, somebody returning who's going to screw over Drew McIntyre and lead to a program with them two, because Drew McIntyre's not really doing anything right now. So I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to go Madcap Moss. Hopefully not, but that's what I'm going to go for. Uh, Royalty, I think RK Bro is going to beat the Street Profits. Yeah, I think they've still got a bit more in the tank as a tag team and as a champion. The Usos versus the New Day. Now, this is the one. I said I was dreading Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. This is the match that I'm dreading because I am confident that the New Day is going to win. And I hate to say that. And I really hope you guys listening to this now are smiling, laughing away after the Usos beat the New Day. But I feel like this is the descent of Roman Reigns uh, with Paul Heyman. All that's happened with Paul Heyman. I feel like now the Usos are going to lose their championships. I'll explain why in a bit. Uh, Edge and The Miz, I think. 
I think, uh, I think the Miz. I think the Miz. Um, Raw and Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. Definitely Becky Lynch. Uh, I think Biggie's going to retain in his match with Seth, Kevin, and Bobby, uh, setting up a one v one at a later date between Seth Rollins and Biggie, which Seth Rollins will win. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns will retain. Now, what I said about the Usos earlier, I do think that Paul Heyman will be helping Brock Lesnar. I think. Well, I think he'll come out with Brock Lesnar at least. I'm not too sure. I think Paul Heyman will be the decider in this match. But at the same time, with the Usos losing, and then I think Paul Heyman will will um, help Brock Lesnar, even though even in defeat, and then stay with him for to set up a third match or something like that. I think Roman Reigns will start to become isolated. Um, and that will just give his character a new dimension because we're starting to feel a bit re- repetitive now with um, him and the Usos or with the Ones. I think it'd be interesting to see what he's like kind of more by himself. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, you, I, you guys will see how I did. Hopefully I did all right. So, yeah, I'll be back in a minute. Hello, this is the part two um, to my voice note. This is my reaction. Obviously, I watched it. Last night, this is the morning after of the day one. Um, so I'm just going to go through the matches just to give my opinion, really. Um, so the first match, Sheamus and Holland defeated Cesaro and Ricochet. It was all right. I'll give it a, out of 10. I'd give it a four, five out of 10, maybe. Six, maybe six out of 10. Obviously, the injury kind of overlooks the whole thing. Um, well, I don't know how severe the injury is. I think I've heard it's a broken nose. It just shows that Ricochet needs to add something to his character because just doing these high-risk uh, moves and not adding anything else is just going to cause injuries to him and other people. That's what I've got to say about that one. Uh, obviously, I was happy the Usos... I got my prediction wrong. Um, the Usos did beat the New Day, which is very good. The matches are a good match as well. I'd probably give it an 8 out of 10. Um... So yeah, I'll give the yeah. That's what I was about that one. That's pretty. It was just a good match out of those two, like you expect. Uh, Drew McIntyre beats Madcap Moss. This was really odd. I can't lie. Uh, Madcap Moss. What what's he really done? Uh, like you always think of him as just the guy to back up Happy Corbin. Um, just gets beaten up, but somehow he lasted. I don't know how long the match went on for. Did lots of offense on Drew McIntyre. It it was odd. It felt like they were just trying to fill time because of the main event had been cut out or something. I'm not too sure what it was about, but it kind of made Drew look a bit weak, in my opinion, but that's just me. Uh, three out of ten. Uh, RK Bro beat the Street Profits. Not the best of matches, I'm not going to lie. And what was that with that rap group Migos? Oh, my days. The, the, after the win, they just came into the ring and were pointing out people in the crowd, flexing their non-existent muscles and throwing up gang signs. I'm, I'm like, what is going on? It, it was, yeah, that was, it, it was not good. Not the best of matches. It was all, it was all right. Um, but that that Migos thing was, oh, it was terrible. Uh, four out of ten, one out of ten for the, for what happened afterwards. Um, Edge defeats the Miz. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. I was expecting the Miz to win. I was expecting Beth Phoenix to come back at a later date. 
Um, but obviously we saw that. Uh, it was it was pretty good. Uh, I don't think we're going to see it again. Seven out of ten. Uh, Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch. Obviously Becky Lynch won. The match was very very good. Uh, it's just the ending. Um, but they, I don't think it was meant to be a clean pinfall. Um, I was watched it back again. And you could clearly see that Becky was trying to get her feet on the rope to try and make it another cheat win. Um, she didn't. So that's kind of... Oh, I don't know what they're going to do next with that, to be honest. Um, I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, and then the big one. Brock Lesnar defeats Big E, Lashley, Rollins and Owen to win the Universal... Oh, not the Universal, the WWE Championship. That's even even crazier. The match was very, very good. A bit short, in my opinion, but when they're going as hard as they were, I wasn't expecting it to go on for too long. Um, the match itself, I've got to give a 9 out of 10. Um, it's just now I'm scared what's going to happen next. Because there was no build-up... Before it with any of the characters with Brock Lesnar. So it's now just going to be, I don't really know. I'm I'm looking forward to see the match-up, especially Bobby Lashley, but at the same time, I'm nervous that they just forget the thing with Roman Reigns or maybe they do a title v. title at WrestleMania, but... Mm. We'll have to see, we'll have to see. Anyway, this has been Owen. Peace. Hey, Owen. Well, <clears throat> nice for you to step out of your heel character and to hear the Owen that we know. And thank you so much for your, your predictions and your review of day one. Now, it's hard for me to really comment on this, given I did a full prediction and preview show, as well as a review show of day one. But I'm glad you were wrong about a lot of your predictions. And I don't mean... I'm glad that you were wrong. I'm glad you were wrong because the people you selected that you thought were going to win should not have won, right? Like Miz winning, uh, you predicted. You predicted that the Usos would lose and that the New Day would win. I'm glad that those two predictions did not come true, at least in my estimation. So, uh, you know, that that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to really, you know, put this together and give us your thoughts pre and post day one. So thank you, Owen from the UK. And I'm glad that the Saturday pay-per-view or the Saturday big event, premier event times <laughs> line up with uh, the your uh, your schedule. So thank you, Owen, for all of your thoughts here. And uh, let's continue on. Hi, my name's Samantha and I'm eight years old and I really love the WWE. And I had a question. So Tony Storm got released from SmackDown. Um, I wanted to know who is going to face Tony Travis Flair at Day One for the championship. I mean, I don't really know if she's going to face anyone for the championship, but I'm sure she'll have a match since she was booked for the Day One pay per view. Thank you. Bye. Hey there. Well, as you saw on. Uh Day one, Charlotte wasn't on on the show. She she didn't have a match. So that would tell you all you need to know about who they had in mind to face Charlotte at day one, which was nobody. <laughs> nobody. Nobody was facing uh, Charlotte Flair because, uh, yeah, Tony Storm, obviously, as you all know, and, and, you know, 
I'm sure you do too, is gone. I mean, not just from SmackDown, but from WWE as a whole. And uh, we don't know why. It was her own her own accord. It wasn't a budget cut. So, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed the pay-per-view, even though Charlotte Flair wasn't on it. So thank you for, for calling in. And uh, I, I hope you continue to enjoy the product. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Uh, let's continue on to the next voicemail. Hey, um, Matt, this is Bro. Um, all right. So the reason I'm calling in is because I am found out for Christmas that I'm going to WrestleMania 38 with my dad. All right, he's a 38. Yeah. Um, we're going to see night one, and um, I just wanted to give you my what I want to see. Um, on the, or what matches I want to see. Um, some like doing matches, I guess, or just some matches, and I guess that could happen. Anyways, I want to see The Rock in Spider-Man, and it would never happen. I, I at least want to see Stone Cold show up. There's one legend I could see, Stone Cold. I want him to show up and give someone a stunner, and, uh, him, you know, drink some beer or whatever. I would love to see that. Oh, and I'm actually going to be on the second row, or on the second area, row one. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I'm actually going to try and do some AEW posters as well, like trying to uh, like reference AEW in my posters. And I don't know. Um, but yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, this is actually my first WWE event, so I'm really, really excited for this. And, um, I also, so another match I think I would like to see would be, uh, Seth Rollins, the main event. Seth Rollins versus Big E for the WWE Championship. Um, and to be honest, I hope it's not a women's main event, because my dad doesn't really care that much for women's wrestling. Um, because I'm asking you why. Um, I mean, he grew up during the Ruthless Aggression of the Tudera, so. Probably why, but, um, for his sake, I hope that it's a men's event. Uh, specifically, I hope I get to see Seth Rollins in the WWE Championship. And I'm just really excited. Um, but, but I do hope I get to see at least Liv Morgan become the Rollins champion. Oh, if any, SmackDown, I don't care which one. I, if anything, like, if I choose, um, which, if a women's championship main event, uh, it'd be, I would want to see Liz Morgan win the title. Um, and then, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Alright, um, yeah. Hey, Brooke. Well, thanks for calling in, and, uh, I'm jealous. I am straight jealous that you are going to be able to be a part of WrestleMania 38, and I'm glad you also are rooting for Stone Cold to come out, drop a stunner or two, and uh, raise hell and leave. I mean, that's exactly uh, you know my wishful thinking as well. So, um, yeah, and it's your first WWE live event, boy. You talk about setting the bar high. I you know I, I wish you nothing but uh, enjoyment for the event. I mean, of course we could. I could talk to you sooner, but if I don't, you know, in the next few months, then uh, enjoy yourself, and I am straight jealous, okay? And, um, you know, I, I wish you all the best, and, uh, I, uh, you know, if, if you ever feel like donating, if you, if you don't feel like going, 
I can send you, I can give you a, a place to send that ticket. Okay. So thank you so much, Brooke. And uh, we're going to actually stop things here and pause. We do have, you know, a few more, not, not a few more. We have several more voicemails, but uh, in the interest of me not falling asleep at my computer and giving you a quality response, I'm going to pause it here. And this is the end of part one of the mailbag. I'll be doing part two tomorrow night. Um, just cause I, I physically, <laughs> I physically have to take a break and I'll be doing part two tomorrow night. So that does give everybody an, another additional day if you'd like to uh, submit questions. But, uh, tomorrow I'll be finishing up the mailbag, including, including starting with Dennis, Dennis, who I know on Patreon, I missed last week and this week for whatever reason, it did not pop up again at the top of my list, but I know you were there <clears throat> and Dennis McGinley. I will be starting with your email, uh, a very well-respected uh, patron of the show. Appreciate his support. Dennis, I know you've got a few things that you want to bring up, and I will be addressing them at the beginning of part two tomorrow night. So thank you, everybody, for right now, um, and I'll be talking to you tomorrow night. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwepodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time. How would you like to get 47 ebooks for $1? Yes, 47 for a dollar. The only place to get that is millionairewealthclub.com. These books include passive income advice with Airbnbs, vending machines, credit repair, Amazon profits, YouTube celebrities, generational wealth, and much more. They're striving to push the youth to be entrepreneurs versus employees in 2022. Add this bundle to your cart and use coupon code MILLIONAIRE at checkout. If there are any issues, you can just contact them and they'll get your bundle over immediately. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com and get 47 ebooks for a dollar. I can't believe I'm saying that. 47 ebooks for a dollar. It's really a no-brainer. Head on over to MillionaireWealthClub.com. What is the construction life? It is a 5 a.m. wake up, workout, shower, prepare lunch, send off the family, hop into the work truck, call the crews and suppliers, arrive on site, organize, prep, build, have fun, wrap up, end the day on a high note, head home, spend time with the family, prep for the next day, turn in, sleep, wake up, and do it all over again because you love what you do every single day of the construction life. Good enough will never be good enough for us. Check out the most listened to construction podcast online, and you can find it on 11 different podcast channels, and it's listened to in over 60 countries around the world. Listen to conversations from real tradespeople, suppliers, sales reps, and clients sharing real stories about real job sites and real on-site experiences. If you are young and getting started in the industry and or been in the business for decades, there's always something new to learn, and the guests and hosts of this popular construction podcast will never sugarcoat anything, especially the hard truth about construction. So what is the name of it? It's called The Construction Life. So check out The Construction Life on your podcast app today.